Aortic stenosis is a type of heart valve disease that is common and often treated now using the TAVR procedure. And joining me today to tell us about both is Dr. Jason Schott. He's an interventional cardiologist with the Memorial Health System. This is Memorial Health Radio, a podcast from Memorial Health System. I'm Scott Webb. So Dr. Schott, I know that Heart Month is coming up and we're going to talk today about aortic stenosis and TAVR. And I've learned about TAVR before, but I can't wait to hear sort of your explanation, definition, how you're using it for aortic stenosis. Just as a baseline here as we get rolling, what is aortic stenosis? Aortic stenosis is narrowing of the aortic valve, which is one of four heart valves. And this often happens with age or any kind of systemic inflammatory disorder where over time there's inflammation of the valve leaflet and it attracts calcium that then embeds down on the leaflet and it affects its ability to open up. And so this is a valve that's in between the main pumping chamber of the heart and the rest of the body. So that can cause certain symptoms such as shortness of breath, particularly with exertion or even chest pain with exertion. It can also cause you know, passing out or feeling like you're going to pass out. The body's ability to increase its cardiac output when it exerts itself is really uh, dependent on the ability to increase the contraction of the heart, increase the heart rate, and then also increases the blood vessel's diameter so that more flow can occur. And whenever you've got a fixed obstruction like the valve that's between the pumping chamber of the heart and the rest of the body, this inhibits the body's ability to increase its output. Also, aortic stenosis, since the pumping chamber of the heart is pushing against a tight valve, it's quite a high pressure, so it's like going to the gym for 24-7. The muscle gets thick, so the pumping chamber of the heart has to not only squeeze, but also has to relax to receive blood. And if it's really thick, then it doesn't do a very good job of relaxing, and so that can back up blood or pressure back to the lungs, which is where the blood is coming from. And so that can cause shortness of breath, the chest pain, passing out, feeling like we're going to pass out, that sort of thing. All right. So you mentioned some of the signs and symptoms there, and maybe sometimes folks confuse them with other things. Uh, of course, we know that time is brain, time is heart. What are the risk factors? Is it uh, genetics, family history, lifestyle, behavior, you know, a lifetime of eating too much bacon? Who's at risk for aortic stenosis? Back in the 60s, the large portion of people with aortic stenosis was from rheumatic fever. But as access to health care and access to antibiotics has occurred, that really rheumatic fever being the cause is much less. And now it's more what we call senile aortic stenosis, which is that progressive uh, bedding down of calcium that occurs with age. And things that put you at a higher risk from an age standpoint are you know, smoking, chronic kidney disease, high blood pressure, uh, and then uh, males tend to have aortic stenosis more often, just anecdotally. Another entity that's out there that puts you at risk for aortic stenosis that's genetic is bicuspid aortic valves. Normal aortic valve has three leaflets, but sometimes we're born with two or even sometimes one. And the geometry of the trajectory of the flow through a two-leaflet valve that causes, we think, more turbulence, which causes more inflammation, which can cause calcium to bed down on the valve and make it narrow. Other systemic inflammatory disorders can cause narrowing of the aortic valve. Again, it's that inflammation, like rheumatoid arthritis, for example, it's a chronic inflammatory disorder, and that can cause inflammation of the valve and cause it to become narrow over time. So any kind of chronic inflammatory disorder can predispose you to aortic stenosis. 
yeah, I see what you mean, and every good reason. And if we were doing a different podcast on rheumatoid arthritis, we would talk about, you know, it's not just affecting all of your joints. It could be affecting other things like your heart, your valves. So let's talk about TAVR. What does that stand for exactly, and how do you use it to treat aortic stenosis? TAVR is transcatheter aortic valve replacement, and it's a minimally invasive way to replace an aortic valve. Uh, to best explain how it's done, if you can imagine like a, a corrugated baby gate that kind of accordions, if you were to open the baby gate, attach it into making a cylinder, sew leaflets inside of it, valve leaflets, and then crimp that down on a balloon that's mounted on a shaft that has a hole running through it, and then put a wire across the native aortic valve that's diseased and run this apparatus over the wire in place to where you want it, blow up the balloon, expanding the valve, you deflate the balloon, remove the system, and the valve stays in place. Another type of TAVR valve is made of a nitinol material, which expands. It's a composite metal made of titanium and nickel, and when it meets a higher temperature, it expands to be rock hard, but when it's cold, it's compressible. So you, you have this nitinol cage that has leaflets sewn inside of it, and you compress that down. You put a sheath over it that constrains it. That sheath is delivered over a wire in place, and then you unsheath the valve, and it expands in place where you want it. And so a TAVR is a way to replace a valve through you know, a hole that's a five millimeters incision, usually in the artery of a leg. And so it could be done under conscious sedation, meaning you just have a little sedation, but you're not fully asleep. You're awake. You can talk during the procedure. The procedure usually lasts an hour, and then it's usually an outpatient or overnight stay. Go home the next day. It's been compared against surgical aortic valves in multiple studies, and it's in our high risk, intermediate, and low risk. It's proven to be just as good as a surgical valve, and in some instances, better than a surgical valve. So uh, what are the advantages then we think about from your perspective as the surgeon and from patients especially, what are the advantages? Is it just that it's faster recovery time, smaller scars, less pain, thus less need for medications afterwards? Like maybe you can just kind of go through some of the, the real benefits and the outcomes. The salient benefit is uh, the shorter recovery time. It's much more comfortable. There's no sternotomy that's involved. There's no cracking of the chest. The recovery time is very short. The studies that validated TAVR, those studies were designed to show non-inferiority, meaning to be as good as surgery. And the absolute numbers of those studies showed that oftentimes there was lower mortality, there was less kidney injury, and less atrial fibrillation or major bleeding, or even less stroke. Now, to be fair, you know, again, these were studies powered for non-inferiority, but with a TAVR valve, there showed to be more what we call paravalvular leak, meaning a little bit of flow that comes around the valve, in between the valve and your native valve. But usually that's very mild and not significant. And then there's a, a slightly higher pacemaker rate. But the newer techniques that we've used and implemented in the last couple of years have really driven down our pacemaker rate. Yeah, it's really amazing. Science, technology, how things change you know, so quickly and how that benefits really everybody involved. As we wrap up here, Doctor, just final thoughts and takeaways. If folks have been diagnosed with aortic stenosis and they're trying to think about the best treatment option, the best plan for them, what would be your thoughts about TAVR and why would you encourage them to consider that? Yeah, so firstly, you know, with aortic stenosis, once you're severe and you have symptoms, your prognosis really changes. 
if you've got shortness of breath or heart failure symptoms, your likelihood of needing a hospitalization in the next couple of years are quite high. So once you have severe aortic stenosis with symptoms, you really should be thinking about treating that as a mechanical problem. So the only way to treat it is with some sort of replacement. And TAVR is a very safe, feasible option that's uh, widely available. It is very comparable to surgery, but I think everybody who undergoes any aortic valve replacement should be evaluated with a heart team. That means it should be your cardiologist, your interventional cardiologist, your cardiothoracic surgeon, among others, and really put the most thought into the best way to replace your valve. As a lot of our studies were in patients that were 70 year older, but if you're young, like with a bicuspid aortic valve and you're in your 50s, then surgery may very well be the best option for you. So I think doing a heart team approach and then knowing that, that there are options out there that are very safe and feasible. Yeah, that's just such great advice from an expert. You know, get that team together and put their heads together and figure out the best plan for you. And then they'll presumably present that to you. You make the best decision you can in the moment. Obviously, you know, time is of the essence. So thank you so much for your time today and you stay well. All right. Thank you so much. And for more information, go to mhsystem.org slash heart. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Memorial Health System podcasts as well. If you found this one helpful, please do share it on your socials. And thanks for listening to Memorial Health Radio, a podcast from Memorial Health System. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well.